talk about adoption and foster care podcast. And I'm your host, Kevin B., better known as Skeeter. Today we have our co-host, Corey Quinn. He's out there in Detroit. And before we get to him, we're going to give a shout out to uh, the G podcast out there in the ATL. Uh, they gave me my little first break out there. Uh, they gave me a, um, a little um, time to uh, tell my story about adoption. That, uh, the individual that runs that podcast happens to be adoptee too. Um, the G podcast talks about everything, not just about an adoption. They, they go all over the place. You know, they talk about the coronavirus. They talk about um, what's going on in urban America, what's going on in the community and all that good stuff. So um, check them out. All you got to do is go to my webpage, www.livingmyshadows.org. You'll see podcasts and you'll see the G podcast. Go ahead and check them out. Tell them I sent you. All right. What's going on there, Detroit? Not much, not much. We just got uh, through a, kind of a storm. And I guess now the sun's coming out. So I figured do this whole thing outside. Hey, that's good. It's different. Um, you be my first outside Co-host. Oh yeah, change it, up, change, change it up, a little change, bit. Change, change game. <laughs> you know that's that's how we do. Uh, but anyway, um, what I usually do is just give you the floor, tell your story, and we have a little okay. dialogue, and we go from there. So, uh, uh, the okay. name of this episode is episode number eleven, Tip of the Iceberg, with Court Quinn out of Detroit. Go ahead and do your thing. Tell your story. All right, all right. The first memory I've ever had was uh, being in the kitchen with uh, the smell of an old radiator, uh, bacon grease, and and someone I didn't know basically spanking me because I peed in my diaper. You know, later as an adult, I look back and I guess that was a social worker. But um, it's sad. That was my very first memory. And um, my very first memory was uh, uh, abuse. And she was about like around 30 years old, thinking back now. And um, yeah, that was my very first memory of life. And then my second memory is basically... Um, flash forward to sitting in a living room with a gentleman I, who I don't know who that was sitting with a toy. Uh, you know, one of those old school baby toys where you put like the different colored balls through and everything. Right, right. And, yeah, uh, right yeah, yeah. And they like yeah. roll through. And then, well, I thought that was pretty cool, but that was just uh -huh. sitting there basically. And uh, then my next memory was basically eating soup in the kitchen. It's weird because. Um, my consciousness was happening in the stages. Wow. So it's like I was here, then I was here, and then I was here. So um, they were all foster homes. I was uh -huh. taken away from my uh, biological mother at birth. How many, how many uh, foster homes did you go through? Uh, I, I was told four or five, but I only remember two. And that's between the age. Uh, let, me, let me take it back. I was born in um, Henry Ford Hospital, mm -hmm. 1983. And um, I was finally adopted by my current family, uh, 1985, around the age of two. So this was all before the age of two. I bounced around four foster homes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah I bounced around two before the age of the age of one. Yes, sir. <laughs> that, wow. You know, yes, bouncing sir. around, that, that affects the psyche, you know, bouncing around, yes, even sir. at that young age. Yes, sir. And, um, and then one of the foster homes, apparently... There was something called like a kid mill, or that's what they called it. Basically, they have a whole bunch of orphans and foster kids in like one one crib, mm -hmm. all malnourished and all, you know, and I was right. one of those kids. And um, I was malnourished and basically, uh, if any abuse happened, I don't really remember, maybe possibly bl uh, blacking it out. Mm -hmm. But um, when I got to my current uh, 
foster family, I was so malnourished, I couldn't even lift my arms. <laughs> I had uh, seizures. I had like, uh, I was taking this really powerful drug called Depakote for seizures as a kid. That, that stuff's powerful, even for an adult. Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, I would just have unknown seizures. It says on the paper, I had unknown seizures. So I was adopted to my current family, and um, they were fostering me. They had fostered other children as well um, of different colors. And um, mainly, you know, I just, um, they decided that they wanted to adopt me. But going through that process, the state had taken me away from that foster home. I don't know why. They say it's because of color, but I don't know what the real reason. So my adopted parents sued the state and brought me back into their foster home so they could finalize the adoption. Wow. Um, if you want to kind of see what my story was like, look up a movie called Losing Isaiah. It's not the exact same story, but it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty similar. I'll give wow. you an idea. So my adoptive family... They win the court case, mm -hmm. and um, I get put in national papers and everything, and we were invited to be on the Oprah Winfrey show mm -hmm. uh, around 1985, and um, I still have that episode. You can check it online. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember you telling us that in our, um, sure. in our, in our, thir our therapy group, I call, <laughs> on Sundays. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and, and watching it now as an adult is really rough, especially for adoptees like me and you, because mm -hmm. we know what it's like to be an adoptee, but a lot of the uh, episode was basically like, the uh, the good side of adoption, you know, painting adoption as a great picture. Right, right. You know how that goes. Yeah. And uh, there were some social workers on there and everything. I'll just leave it to the people to see it. So I get adopted into my um, adoptive family. It's um, Irish family, big Irish family. There was uh, two other siblings older who were adopted and who are white, and they had three natural siblings. So I was the only black um, child of the whole family. How, how, how was that dynamic? That, that had to be, as you got older, that had to be. Oh, yeah. Different. Oh, yeah. I, I've always felt like uh, the black sheep, like I never belonged. And uh, even among the two um, siblings who were adopted, mm -hmm. uh, they are now, who one I rent a room with now, they're still in the fog, basically, as adults. Wow. And, um, yeah, it's rough. And so, basically, you grow up, you want to have a conversation about adoption, with people that you think, oh, they, they could, they'll probably understand because they're adoptees as well. Right. But you can't say anything about the adoptive parents because, you know, it, adoptive parents could do no wrong. So basically I had no one really to talk to growing up. So you had to keep and, a lot of things close to the heart. Eggs. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And even all, if all you did tell somebody, they wouldn't understand. Exactly. And then they'll get offended that I'm talking about such things like that. Yeah. Well, because they did fight for me to bring me back into the home. Mm -hmm. And they were on Oprah Winfrey and everything, but that's, but that's like, I guess that's the beginning of the story. When you're a human being, you have to grow up and you have to establish real relationships. Right. The whole, uh, what do you call it? The high, the whole high of the situation or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The novelty of the situation became mm -hmm. real life. So yeah. like, okay, now we have this uh, black adoptee who's growing up and uh, generally they're, I'm going to say, um, they're not going to admit it, but racist. And I'm not the only adoptee that feels like their adoptive parents have, have racist tendencies, but mm -hmm. they really do. Oh, did you see that? Did you see uh, the individual that uh, said, uh, at, uh, uh, I guess it was at the uh, convention, that uh, she, she's, she adopted an uh, African-American, and she said that um, basically that her son should be... Um, yes, 
uh, 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 pointed out or racial profile because yeah. he's because he's he's destined to get in trouble, and, yeah. and she adopted him. That yeah. I mean that I you know what I I don't really <laughs> like to get into politics and all the other stuff, but I happened to see a, a, a text message, not text, but a, um, alert from the news, and I saw that headline because it said adoption, and so anything adopted, you know, I always go look at it, and and I couldn't believe she said that. Yes, sir. I think, yeah, it's sickening. Wow. And, and basically, she's, she said that, and that's how, like, a lot of um, adoptive parents think, I think. There's, there's no really, uh, not really a screening process that should be there for adoptive parents. I think there should be a really stringent screening process. It should a be a better one, at least. Yeah, definitely a, a better one. At least psychologically. Because, yeah, psychologically, yeah, she, right. She did say that, and oh my God! So he, he's already he's already behind the power cur curve as far as his mental psyche. Oh my God! And now all of a sudden you throw that on top of him. Oh God! How, how do you how do you even you stay in the fog for a long time with that? Oh, that's so damaging because you look for that person, that mother. Right. And that's wow. the icon. That's right. someone to help you walk through life. Right. If they're already saying that, well, you know, if you're uh, <laughs> well, you already lost your mother. Now, you, now you have a second chance, a second mother that does that to put you, and then with all the stuff that's going in society, they already oh. view you as a black man. Now you got the triple threat going. Exactly. I mean, how do you? How do you? Would you go to? I mean, you have to internalize it. Like I, wow. I know you understand. We as adoptees, we internalize heavy. Oh, a lot. It's a lot. A lot. Right. Because because if we release, if we were to release everything, oh my oh, gosh. And, and, and there's been times. I know personally myself, I have released, you know, putting a hole in the wall. Oh, yeah. Hurting my hand or hurting my foot or doing something that I shouldn't have did mm -hmm. physically to myself or even mm -hmm. mentally, like, you know, to the point where, you know, I, I, I'm stressing, you know, I'm getting sure. ulcers and stuff like that. And then it helps, sure. you know, it, mentally, it, it, it just, it, it's, it's a bummer, you know. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I got ulcers. I got uh, panic attacks. I'm sure you probably maybe had a few or at least anxiety attacks where you just, you feel like your chest tightening and like, yeah. oh. It's, and and the, I never told nobody that. I never, yeah. that, I never shared that with nobody. Because yes, the first thing, you know, the one time that I said anything about some of the things I was going through or internalizing, you know, the first thing I get was, you should be thankful. Exactly. And after that, I, I just shunned. I said, I'll never again would tell anybody how I, I deeply feel. In fact, I got a story about that. There's this one movie that I can't stand. It's What's that one football movie where she adopts? Um, oh, Blast Oh God! Yeah, uh, yeah. My my adopted sister wanted me to see that, mm -hmm. and uh, she wanted my honest opinion. And I told her I hated it, uh, and basically she, that's when she hit me with the whole, uh, "You're not grateful." Mm -hmm. And she asked me, and she asked me for my honest opinion about the movie. <laughs> I didn't like it because you know I'm a real adoptee, and we go through real experiences. I think she wanted me to say, "Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. this was a miracle." I love everything. I am so great. Give me a hug. You give me a hug. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what do they want? Yeah, I know. It's just, you know, you know you, uh, and I hate to generalize everything because you do have um, some good situations out oh, there. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's... Anything else. But I think what they do, they focus on the good all the time mm -hmm. and don't yeah. talk about the negatives part of adoption and foster care. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there are really good situations. I, I can mm. only just speak from where I'm my, coming maybe from. Our experiences, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yes, and, um, sure. and my experiences for, for myself has been up and down. Mm. Um, you know, the first part was really rough. The second part was okay at times. 
you know, um, but, you know, it's just something that, you know, that our, that was dealt to us. And um, every day from my 60 years on life, I had to deal with something internally inside of me, knowing that I was different. Yes, sir. And, and then there's nothing you can do about it because it's not going to change. Even when you meet your birth, your, your birth parents and stuff. For my, my situation, I met my birth parents and things, but you, you, you're catching up because, yeah. you know, you, you don't, you know, it's just... Mm. So... I can only I can only imagine. I know you mentioned you met your birth parents. And I, man, I got a lot of respect for you. Yeah. Seriously, I have a lot of respect for you too because I know um so you know through our little therapy class that we uh, or session that we do on every Sunday and you and when you do open up, I'm like wow you know um especially um you know the passing of your was that adoptive brother right? Yes, uh, sir. Yeah, and I, I know I know even then you probably still internalize some things. You know, because I know in death with some of the people that have passed away on both the adopted and the um, uh, uh, natural side, I still couldn't let it go. It feels like something was right. holding me to let go. Like yeah. I can't can't grieve, and it's a it's a uh, I don't know. It's just it's just. So how did how, how did you get into um playing the piano? Did that well, sound you self taught? Yeah, self taught basically. Get out um, of here. Yeah, See, yes, sir. I'm telling you, the adoptees they're resilient, boy. Hey, they woo, they're resilient. <laughs> Well, my family, they had this old piano, and uh, mm -hmm. my older adopted brother took lessons. Actually, the one that passed away, the mm -hmm. one that I was most closest to, he's the one that started playing piano. I, I listened to him while I was taking bubble baths as a kid, uh -huh. and then I, I started uh, playing by ear. And so, we, wow. would go to, so we, we would go to church, and I would basically like listen to all the church hymns and memorize them, mm -hmm. and then play them all from memory. So yeah, I just, yeah, self-taught. Wow. Hey, y'all out there on Instagram? <laughs> YouTube, you need to check out Corey Quinn's uh, uh, IG. Uh, he be having that piano smoking, <laughs> literally smoking. <laughs> thank, you. smoking. thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Hey, and uh, uh, it, it, it really helped me because, like, when I feel like we adopt these, we have things we want to get off our chest and no mm -hmm. one's listening, I went right to the keyboard. I went right to the piano right. I composed. I banged on the piano. That's that's how I got my anger out. And mm -hmm. I, I say a lot, if it wasn't for the piano, I'd either be dead or in jail, basically. See, and see, that's why I was telling uh, one of my episodes, I was telling that, um, you know, uh, even though we have all these issues and stuff, you have to find a vehicle that you can hold on to that you can file solitude in. And yes, for, me, for me, it was the martial arts in the military. And, and you was the piano, because you get yes, lost in that. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's how you can um, find, like I said, like a, a little piece. But that little moment, whatever you play, if you're playing the piano or you're doing martial arts or, mm -hmm. or whatever, it takes you away from, from what you're trying, what you're internalizing. And um, I, I recommend anybody to find something. It, it could be, uh, you know, weave, basket weaving or something. Yes. Off because it, 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 would, uh, it would really bring it down, really bring it down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and and the thing is, like you, exactly what you said, you lose yourself in it, and whatever you're feeling, it's a temporary reprieve, so right. you can kind of heal yourself a little bit. So yeah, it totally. Um, uh, I write songs, and I also try and write songs that are adoptee centered because I feel that if I can use whatever platform I could use, just like you're doing now with your podcast, to help us adoptees get our voice out there, I think it's right. all the better. That's yes. what we need. I'm trying. I'm trying. So I know you said something about you knew a little bit of your natural family. Mm. How, how okay. did that? How, what's the dynamics with that? With with you, your personal story. 
Well, okay. Well, uh, um, just this is all basically on paper mm-hmm. that I've, I've read from my my adoptive father, and I'm I mean my my biological father, and I'm thinking about looking for him was a uh, sergeant major in the Air Force. Okay. So I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some type of way that looks through. Oh yeah. Oh, you records. You, you get records. I think. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I know my biological mother was born in Alabama, mm-hmm. and um, I was taken away from birth, and the reasoning was they were unfit. To, says they are unfit to take a, uh, take care of me. And um, I had eight siblings and uh, I think we were all taken away, including my youngest biological brother who, who I met. And so, yeah. And how did, how did, how did that relationship? Uh... Here's the tricky thing. I was adopted into a white family. He was adopted into a black family. Um, and my, my adopted mother knew about him, but just didn't tell me for 20 years. Why do you keep secrets? Oh God. And I, that, that just destroyed me. But but I, end, I ended up finding him, and it was kind of funny. I wanted to have a brotherly relationship. He was cold. Oh, I, wow. I think the thing is, his adoptive mother got in his head, and basically, it's not that she told him not to like me, but I think she was afraid that somehow I would take him away. I don't know how, you know, human beings think. It's weird. I, I I don't. That's the only reason I could think of. He was just cold, um, and I, he's on my Instagram page. But we never really established a, a real relationship like I had liked. Wow. Because I I just felt like uh, I don't know. He was angry at me for something that I and I never did anything to the guy. Wow. So that just goes to show you that sometimes reunions can be a little tricky. Yes, it's a gamble. But, but then I met my older older biological brother and sister, and they loved me. Uh, I, I still talk to my sister till this day. Oh, that's, good. Um, that's good. But they but they were adopted into a different family, mm-hmm. so it's I guess it's nature versus nurture. So I met wow. a lot of them, and yeah, that yes, sir. Wow, that's that's uh something else. That's something. Oh yeah. That, uh, oh yeah. Uh, my my younger biological brother. Um, I helped him meet the rest of our bio siblings, and um, you know. Even till today, it's it's just simply like, if you you know you hang around someone that kind of giving you the side eye, and there's just uh, I don't know if he's jealous of, of me for something, but you know that's kind of painful. But uh, yeah, yeah. But hopefully in the future, maybe something else happens. You just got to give it a lot of uh, some time. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes time does he, uh, make things heal or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I kind of, when, you know, when I was looking for my folks at one time, I was just going to say, you know, whatever happens, happens, you know, yeah. um, yes, it's like when you don't look for it, it comes, but then when it comes, it doesn't come the way you think it's going to come. Yeah. You know, a lot yeah. of people has been rejected. I mean, I wasn't rejected, but still, you know, I have other emotions that I have to yeah. deal with now sure. because now I'm splitting time with, both sides of my natural family and my adopted family. So you split mm-hmm. time and, and things like it's a whole different ball game. And then some people, they, you know, their natural family don't want nothing to do with them at all. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so it's um, some, some serious, uh, some serious levels that, um, that you have to think about. Um, well, I just, I wanted to name this, I wanted to do name this tip of the iceberg. Cause I feel like I, I know nothing mm-hmm. about my biological family besides what I told you. Right. And, and, and what basically my adopted family knows nothing about my biological family. And it seems like there's a, a bit of a disservice, disservice to the adoptee, you know, me, mm-hmm. uh, because 
I feel like if you adopt a child, you should at least research everything about, you know, right. child's past. And, you should. You right? Should, you know, you, oh, you should. But it's not like that. It's like, it's, no. you know, most cases, the adoptee has to go out when they're 19 or 20 on yeah. their own. Yeah. Try to find out, you know, you, you know, it's like what they try to do in my view is try to replace your beginnings with their beginnings. Mm, mm, mm. You know, and then it's like whatever your birth didn't mean anything exactly. you know, with this family. And but, you know, it shouldn't be that way. You, you know, if, if you have access to a person's birth certificate, you know where they come from, all that you should you should they should know that stuff because they're going to find out later sooner or later. A blank slate is so damaging to someone because you're supposed to have grandparents, great grandparents, a legacy. Even even if you don't believe in all that, just for your medical, just just yeah. so you know, medical alone, right? You're right. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Right. And when you start with a blank slate, even if you let's say meet the love of your life and you know you have kids and stuff, they're gonna ask you. Okay. You can't even answer them. Exactly, you gotta. It's not necessarily lying, but it's like, who are we, Dad? And it's like. Uh, I don't even know. Especially if you don't look like your people that you told them that to your parents, you know. Exactly, exactly. And a lot lot of times, I think a lot of these can relate to this. A lot of times I got, are you with them? Like if we walk into a restaurant or something, Uh, uh, are you you the same bill? I got that so much that it became one of my pet peeves. And that that gotta be a pet, I'll give you a say, that has to be a pet peeve. Oh, yes. (laughs) And the funny thing is, uh, I went to an all-white school, basically, and uh, and if any uh, other black men were to walk on the school grounds, they'd automatically think that was my brother, basically. It's like, it's like that's what people people are so visual. Exactly, exactly. So visual. And, and I got I got a, a quick funny story. Um, uh, I went to a basketball camp. I, I was the only black guy in that basketball camp, and uh, in the Heights, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the coach knew someone from my school, and he was like. Uh, he so he saw me walk up. He's like, you know, I know your coach at your school. Basically thinking like I'm gonna be sick. I'm gonna be good, uh-huh. a basketball player, right? And I'm garbage. I'll tell you, I'm a garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I just went to the camp for fun, and so you know, it was my turn to start taking shots. And, uh-huh. and the coach is like staring at me, you know, talking to his assistant coach, I'm like, uh-huh. oh, watch this kid, watch this kid's good. And here's me, brick, brick airball. <laughs> <laughs> And that's 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 the only time I think like I've let racism down. Because <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I love telling that story. And, and here's this was the coach's smile. It was like this. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, this was one of the few times I could just laugh about that situation. But that is funny. Yeah. That is funny. But yeah, that's what people do. They yeah, th- yeah they, they perceive assume. they yeah. assume. Yes, sir. Yes, you know sir. what they say when you, when you assume, right? Yep, they make an ass out of you and me. Tip of the iceberg, yeah. So your life is to, you just you just on that tip. Exactly. Trying to, trying to find I, out what's up. And I think there's so much beneath to, to my story mm-hmm. and I, that I just can't access or don't know about now. Um, I think the next step is me searching from my biological parents and possibly getting my original birth certificate. Um, I got the research. Have you done DNA yet? Yes, but it was weird. I did um, Ancestry.com, mm-hmm. and um, they said that they gave me third and fourth possible cousins, and they gave me a region where I'm possibly from. I got Ghana, mm-hmm. 
basically mm-hmm. around the Ivory Coast. But they bis- they just draw a big circle around yeah, the region yeah, of West yeah. Africa. And I'm like, okay, that's yeah. interesting, but I kind of need a little bit more information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, like, I'd like a little bit more. You know? But I did, uh, I hooked up with a um, third, a fourth cousin. And I just started asking them questions about mm-hmm. their, their, their uh, 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 trees and just about, you know, boom. And um, that's how I learned. And I took 23andMe. Then I took African um, African DNA, which kind of pointed me to you know certain part of Africa. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Or you can hire you can hire your um, we call them people that uh, ask to do that stuff. For oh, oh, detective. Wait, a detective? Is that no, right? um, oh. uh, they 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 specialize in um, finding uh, developing your family tree. Uh, well, I didn't help, know that. Yeah, they help you with you can you can get them on Ancestry. Um, they cost a little little penny though. But I I did one and I you know to help with my on my uh, on my mother's side and um I had her for you know um about six or seven months. You started a tree and things like that and you know they 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 basically do all the work for you. They go through okay. all you know Ancestry DNA has like millions and millions of records. So yeah. if you have a last name, you know your your, your birth name and all that stuff. You know they can they can kind of help you a little bit. There's no promises, okay. but they can help they help you know more than what you know now. Okay. Yeah. So I for a long time, for a long time before I met my folks, I just had fourth and fifth cousins that I knew. Right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I, and it said that I had this fourth cousin who was like, uh, you know, he was a complete co- a complete white guy. It was like 100% oh, okay. Gonna, oh, but he but he had the gap. He had the gap had though. The gap. So I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, he had the forehead. He had the forehead too. Yeah, the forehead. <laughs> You're gonna get that. You're gonna get that. Um, I had yeah. third cousins, uh, closest third or second cousins that, um, you know, because of slavery and all that. Stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Um, some have been really receptive. Uh, I, I, you know, have a website, a web page, a family web page on the natural side of the family, father side, and have a few uh, uh, people that don't like that are relatives. We all get along. We talk. Boom. And awesome. It's, it's it's pretty great. You know, it's pretty great. Right, right now, I'm searching for the right therapist. I think mm-hmm. that possibly we should talk about a little bit about therapy because I know I'm not the only adoptee struggling with this. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I, I'd like to mention that a lot of these adoptee therapists that we look for are adoption therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, they label themselves adoption therapists, but when you get there, you're really kind of teaching them about the whole adoptee thing. I think it's tough for us adoptees to find therapists because really – it's got to be an adoptee, I think. It has to be. Uh, what do you think of experience? Yeah. Experience. It's like, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to um, play football, right? And you, you know, then all of a sudden, you, you know, you got somebody that never played the game, don't understand um, schemes <laughs> or nothing like that, you can't teach exactly. And so, exactly. You know, I, you know oh, I, I know how to play tennis. No, I want to play football. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, uh, and I think the problem is a lot of them, they just label themselves adoption therapists because some of them think, well, we're kind of trained for adopt uh, parents who want to adopt. Mm-hmm. But um, it's generalizing. Yeah. Generalizing. Yeah. And it falls under this one umbrella exactly. of being a yeah. therapist and it'll boom. You know? Exactly. It should be someone that has that particular experience. It's like, you know, you're a foot doctor, but you never worked on foot before because you may be a brain surgeon or something right, like that. Right, 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 exactly. Yeah, and so. and just the thing is, uh, the reason I bring that up is because that's part of my next step too. 
is define my uh, biological parents uh-huh. to, um, something else I said and the get therapy because I think adoptees uh, we need a lot of therapy because of oh, all, yeah. the tra- all the trauma and the relinquishment oh yeah, and then, um, yes yeah. sir it never ends I thought when I you know when I got older things would change a little bit oh yeah it never ends, it never ends. Um, you know yes, thank God I have a, a wife that understands you know I, I learned to cry too well, actually, that that's that's amazing because <laughs> a lot of us adoptees we can't. Yeah, you know, it, like, took a, like, it took a long time. It took a long time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and it's like it's like you try and you mm-hmm. almost kind of like force it out. You force like, it out, right? It out. <laughs> it's like a tear welling. It's like yeah. almost. <laughs> well, when I when I learned how to do that, and and and, and, and um, it it helped me yeah. help me uh, deal with my feelings. And the reason why I was able to do it was simply because you know I found my my natural family and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and but what what actually made me cry is because I thought I would feel this this relief. Oh yeah, and being free and yeah. all, and it, it actually it wasn't. It was it actually made more more made me bound more because I don't miss someone. It's like being in a, a marathon and you starting at the at the uh, at the halfway mark, the thirteen mile yes. mark, and people are thirteen miles ahead of you, and you constantly yeah. trying to catch up. Oh yeah, and oh yeah. And sometimes it can be nerve wracking. I, I can uh, with meeting my younger brother. It was the same thing. I thought everything was going to be great. I finally had met someone of my blood. Yeah. I can start this awesome brotherly relationship that I've been, mm. you know, seeking for for so much. And I, I get to feel what everybody else feels. Right. Be, be, being be, uh, belonging, being able right. to belong. Yeah, and um, when you get there, yeah. but I think I might have over like felt like overwhelmed them a little bit because you know when i met him i was basically just like arms open and like brother and you know mm-hmm. but could you really blame me i mean it's 20 you years can't, 20 some years right. it might, it might right. come around you might come around something yeah. like, you know he's gonna need you yeah because you, know, you have that you have that that bond you know, yeah so so yeah you know. that blood bond yep that it just doesn't go away it doesn't and, go uh, away you know so i'm sure you know he probably thinks about you maybe he doesn't know how to handle it yeah, I think so. I think I think the thing is, um, yeah, he's in the same path as I am, and he's just got to learn how to deal with his emotions. You know, it's like just like we do. Yeah. And uh, but uh, I want to talk about um, one more thing. Just uh, there was a post on Instagram, mm-hmm. and it said, um, "Just because you adopt a child of color, doesn't mean you're anti-racism." And I thought that was very interesting. I think I um, saw that. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw that. Who do you know? Was that you posted, or do you know? Oh, who no, posted I, didn't, I didn't post it. No, I didn't post it. Uh, but I, I, I did see it. Yeah. I can't. I can't remember. And I think I want to said I saw it on my uh, feed on uh, on my uh, podcast feed. Yeah. Uh, IG, and I think I saw it. Yeah. And I, I thought it was kind of like that hit kinda, home. Yeah, like wow. That hit. Yeah. 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 And uh, that's just um, that hit home because. I just, I think about how, how could you basically adopt someone and just not have a hundred percent love for people like them? You know, it just, it, it just, it's, it's escapes my mind. Like how do you adopt a child of a people of a certain culture and not just be in love with that culture? Well, I, I, think, I, I, I think people do a whole lot of things. Money is another yeah. thing, you know, oh, money, yeah, yeah. Ta- tax write-offs, all, yeah. all kinds of stuff. I think stuff. so too. You know and saying? it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I, I was really messed up as a kid, mm-hmm. and someone someone mentioned that like a lot of times the more messed up the child, the more like uh, support and different like things you can get from the. Yeah, um, oh, I don't yeah, know how yeah. 
Oh, they get like for medical stuff like yeah. that. They get extra. Yeah. 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 And I, I was really messed up. And here's the thing. It for me, it's it's weird. I love my adopted family is the only family I know. Mm-hmm. But that was what makes that's what makes it more painstaking. Uh, a lot of times I have to separate myself from them and just do my own thing and kind of isolate myself mm-hmm. because for so much time I've been trying to prove myself to them, trying to gain their love. And a lot of times I've been feeling like gaslit and, and, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just, you know, I think it's yeah. like, like, yeah, you know I mean? it's, 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 yeah, I, I hear you and I feel you. Um, you have to separate, you have to get, yeah. you have to get a hold of you first. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I usually, what I, what I did that actually helped me is I, I actually got into the really involved in searching who I was, like you're about yeah. to do. Yeah. And you know, and it's frustrating, but then I started talking, some people would talk to you and I just started, you know, researching different documents and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and my last name that I was born with, I started researching what that name meant. You know, oh, okay. And it's, you know, stuff oh, yeah, like yeah, that. you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, yeah, stuff like that, you know. And um, when I did African uh, DNA, that was really cool because I started talking to people over there in um, Sierra Leone. You know, oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, that, and the tribe that, you know, the Mindy tribe, and things like that. So that actually kind of like made me that, that, that thing that you was missing of like not knowing who you were, it made me feel yeah. like, wow, I know who I am now. You know, that, that's a bad feeling when you don't know who you are or where you come from. Wait, so they, they got you down to a tribe? Was that 23 and Me? No, that was, was Afri- that Af- African DNA. They got oh, they so sound- I, got a, I got a certificate and everything. Well, they sound thorough. I might try them. Yeah, and um, what happens is I joined a group. Um, the uh, Once I find out where I was from, I, I, uh, it's a, a, a Mindy or a, a St. Leon group, West African group. And we just talk. Matter of fact, people are um, going over there and getting um, dual citizenship. You know, okay. they're going over there and they have parades for you when you come over there. You know, oh, um, man. one day, hopefully, that's a long flight, though. But one day, yeah. uh, uh, maybe I might go over there. I think uh, you should. I, I looked at, um, what do they call it? I'm a stop. I never, I don't really like to look at them pictures. Yeah. Uh, but somebody told me to look at the picture. And um, that was the Mindy, that was the Mindy people. That was on that oh wow! Book. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and so um, it gave me a whole different um outlook of, of um, of, of who I was, you know. And it's a, you, it was a good feeling. You said Sierra Leone. That's West Africa. Uh, yeah. where is that? Free by, town. Where's that by? I see. I should know this. Uh, it's by Ivory Coast or. Uh, yeah, right, right around that area, right on the coast. Yeah, so, yeah, so I think we're we're in the. That's no, we're more likely. likely too. More likely. More likely. Yeah. More likely, and um. Uh, yeah, there, there was all kinds of stories about the slave trade and all that yeah. other stuff, and how a lot of slaves left that Freetown, that area right there, to yeah. go uh, to go to all the West Indies and things like that. That's where my grandfather was born in uh, Anguilla. So I found all this out, you know, and I'm like, wow, this, that was. Deep. And I didn't know nothing up until the age 56. So you, your people were taken to the uh, West Indies. Um, yeah. How did they arrive to uh, America? Do you know how? Well, they- my my grandfather. My grandfather, he wasn't a slave. He was born in 18, it was 87. Well, anyway, when he was 20 years old, he left Anguilla and went to St. Kitts and then from, okay. you know, caught a boat from St. Kitts and then from there, he, he went to New York City and that's where he met my, my grandmother. Oh, okay. Uh, and then they got married and they moved down to New Jersey and that's when they had my mother and my aunt. They, he had two, you know, two kids, two girls. 
Then my mother had had uh, four, uh, me, Johnny, Anna, and Kenny. And uh, I met Johnny and Anna, but Kenny he passed away before oh, I okay. met him. He was my old, he was like he was, everybody said he was my twin. He was two years oh, okay. uh, <laughs> um, two years older than me. So, um, but yeah, but I get along with my sister and my brothers, you know, um, on my mother's side and on my father's side. So, you know, it's a blessing, but you know, still it's like, you know, I wish I can call them every day, but I have to restrain myself. Like you said, you know, you yeah. kind of like want to, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to, because you think it's this movie scene where you just go running in the field. And yeah, right. <laughs> it's not like that. Meanwhile, I mean, like your, your biological system is like, <laughs> yeah, 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 right, you're right. Because we just, we just, we just need that validation. Need that. Val- oh that's what it, gosh. that's right, the big V, validation. Matter of fact, I'm going to do an episode called Validation. Oh, you really should. Yeah, you're it's right, like, validation, that's what that it validate, is. I think that validation is so important that we will even neglect ourselves for it. Yeah. That's what, you know, and we just, just yeah. to get that validation. And I had to come, I had to come to the real aspect that, I'll, I'm never going to get the validation that I think that I want from my adoptive family. Yeah. So I had to start validating myself. True, true. And true. I, and I feel a lot better. Uh, I, I wore my African. Uh, yeah, there, there you go. Whatever yeah. little things, whatever little things you can do to make yourself feel better, you got to do. Sure. And nobody might not understand that. You just, right. Hey, this is me because you know I'm going to be on this earth for a while, so I have to make me happy. If I can't make myself happy first, there's no way in the world I can make anybody else happy. You know, took, so. It took me a long time to understand that. A yeah. long time to understand that. And I was getting, like you mentioned, all you get ulcers, you get anxiety attacks. Uh, sometimes you can't sleep. I couldn't sleep, basically. Uh, all because I just felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like, well, I'm never going to be a part of a family. And then I told myself, I'm never going to have a family ever. I'm never going to belong anywhere. Uh, and then you get depressed. You deal with the whole depression. I feel you, man. Oh, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. And and they don't talk about that at the doctor. They don't talk about the depression, the suicide rates. They don't talk about any of that. No, and I think that they don't they, mess. They don't want to mess up their uh, their uh, their diet. The bag. That, that money. Yeah. That money. Yeah. yeah. It's big money in adoption. It still is. Yeah. And uh, it's our job to be like, hey, this is the real. Mm-hmm. This if this is what your adoptive child or adoptive child is going to go through, and if you really really love this child you're going to prepare yourself you're going to study about depression suicide linked to adoption you're going to do what it takes Uh or else you're just doing it for status and i think a lot of i I, like i don't mean to over generalize Uh i'm just talking about the problematic problematic adoptive parents there are a lot of uh, problematic adoptive parents who do it for status and um, look what i did Uh, i help all these kids out Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, what do you call that? The savior syndrome? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to tell me about that. I mean, yeah. One, yeah. Thing I, one thing I can say about my um, adopted parents is they. A lot of people never knew I was adopted. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. So when mm. I finally came out of the, I don't know, out the fog, whatever you want to call it, they were like, "Huh?" Yeah. Yeah. I said, "You can't tell. I don't. I don't. I don't look like them." You know. Um, right. But. But they never treated me any different, which was which, uh-huh. which, which, which was good, you know. Um, so I was I was fortunate in that. In that sense. With, with, with with mine, it took me a long time to notice uh, something like little microaggressions and little, because uh-huh. um, my my siblings 
were a little bit resentful that I was adopted, basically. But it, but it's not like outright in your face resentment. It's it's kind of like behind the scenes uh, microaggressions. Like for example, if if I'm if at a family party, and you know uh, humans, we usually just talk in a circle. That's basically what we do. We go, form groups at a party, whatever. They'll basically, if I join them, they'll do things like close their circle. And so I'm out of the circle and they'll uh-huh. basically like keep me out of the conversation. Just small little things like that. And um, wow. it took me a long time. I started noticing it. And so I felt like I was, had to talk extra loud just to join the conversation and just to scream and scream. And like, you know what? Uh-huh. You don't want to uh-huh. add me in your conversation. That's fine. And um, I started yeah. dealing with that whole validation thing. I'm like, okay, you know what? I got to start validating myself. Then I started isolating myself. Uh-huh. And thank God. And, that, and that's when I met you, brother. I joined the group, yeah. Amanda. It yeah, that's going strong. Happened. Yeah, I'm be there oh. this Sunday. I'm going to be there this Sunday. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah, we, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I totally love you guys. Uh, I think you guys. Love you too, say, man. Yeah, you saved me. You really did. And uh, I know when I say you saved me, a lot of people think, oh, that's nice. But you really saved me because I was going through suicidal thoughts depression you know you've seen yeah, some of my yeah, instagram yeah, posts mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah I reach, that's why i reach out to you man you try to i want to thank you for that yeah you reached out for me you yeah. totally did and, and, it, uh, and y'all reached y'all was there for me when i was going through oh, yeah. my thing and sharing my little situation with me you know and, yeah. and, and just the fact that everybody just listened you know because i can't share that with everybody yeah and just for everybody, just for everybody watching this, I just want to say, reach out to another adoptee. Just, just, you gotta, you gotta, don't, don't try, don't try and do this alone. Cause I tried to do this alone. Yeah. And, and you, you yeah. can't do this alone. Uh, uh, reach out to another adoptee. Cause we understand we're here for you. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna hug you up, welcome you, listen to you. We're not going to be like, we're not going to invalidate you because you feel how you feel. We're not going to tell you to be grateful. You can be as angry as you want. And we're gonna just gonna accept you. So look look out for us. Yeah. You know, we're here Listen for you. Um, this adopted life, Amanda. Yes. Check out check out her IG. Um, she's very informative, and um, you know, uh, we we meet yep. every Sunday for the most part, and we we um sometimes sometimes we uh yeah three p.m. sometimes East, we talk. Eastern time. Yep. Eastern time. Sometimes we talk. Sometimes we listen. You know, it's good. But anyway, gotta wrap this up. Okay, sir. Um, but um. We're going to definitely have you on again, Corey. This time we're going to oh, do a set. We're going to, uh, Corey's very talented. Um, like I said, <laughs> reach out to Corey Quinn. What, what's your handle out there on the uh, IG? At Corey Wins. Corey, W-I-N-Z. Okay, I'm going to put all this in the uh, description of this podcast. But um, we're about to sign off. So um, I just want to let all the adoptees and foster care kids out there uh, let you know that you're strong, you're powerful. Don't let nobody tell you anything different. Anything you want to be accomplished in life, you can do it. Just stay strong. Yes, sir. Peace, my brother.